0: episode 26 of the main event podcast let's get it To the main event, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another episode of the main event. I'm your main man, the host, Jermaine Parker. hungry at your service. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Hey, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, thanks a million. If you're a ten listener, man, thanks ten. Either way, go to the website, www.TheMainEventPodcast.com. You can check me out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, man, wherever your kids are hanging out, I'm not there. I'm a grown ass man. I don't I don't do all that. Hey. Uh <laughs> No, seriously, but uh, thank you for your support. Please like, share, comment. Um, let me know what you like about the podcast, what you don't like about the podcast. You know, actually, this uh, this week, this episode, um, I'm actually kind of, uh, as it were, getting back to the roots of the podcast, and we're going to take a lighter tone. Like I was telling people last week, man, I'm in a really good mood, and I, and I, and I really am. Um, uh, self-care is everything. How about that? Um uh Mental health is, uh, is everything. And so I'm in a really good space right now I'm in a really good mood. And, uh, not that I don't enjoy talking about the, uh, the leadership and real estate stuff. Uh, I think that, uh, some of you guys, uh, enjoyed early on, uh, the lighter side and funny me telling stories and stuff like that. So, um, at least for this week, we're going to pause a little bit. Now, don't get me twisted. Um, we're still going to talk about real estate. Um, especially if you're looking to buy and sell in the, um, Charlotte, North Carolina area and surrounded. Uh, please don't hesitate to, uh, holla your boy. Uh, we will get you hooked up. We can talk about the market and, uh, I'm not just your, uh, realtor one time, your realtor for life. Uh, so, uh, no matter what you, uh, you go through and situations you find yourself in, uh, I like to be that, uh, that expert advice for you as you consider your, uh, next home purchase or, or you selling investment, stuff like that. Um, because, you know, kind of what I wanted to do with the podcast was I wanted to get to a point where, um, not get to a point. I wanted to make, uh, my journey into real estate, um, uh, hopefully like transparent. You can see like me going step by steps you know, uh, you know, I got licensed last year, you know, went to school and stuff like that. And, and, um, maybe we'll get to talk about that, uh, today a little bit more because what I really wanted to talk about a lot today was like me. Uh, the man behind the mic, if, as it were, um, cause, uh, a lot of people that listen to podcasts actually know who I am. And that's why you listen. Uh, and I, I, and I really appreciate the support from my friends and family who tune in week after week, uh, for great episodes, for average episodes and, you know, subpar, whatever, whatever it is I'm putting out. Um, you know, you know, the goal obviously is to give you, um, something, to, you know, eat, even in the weeks that, you know, I'm, I'm having interviews and stuff, I try to keep it light and funny and stuff because that's my personality. Uh I'm a I'm a I'm a very uh in my opinion, uh thankful guy, gracious guy. You know, I I've got a lot to uh I got a lot to be happy about. I really do. And um so I wanted to share a little bit of how we got to the main event, who it is, the the guy behind the the mic that that, that got there and um yeah, just, just talk a little bit about, you know, my life, uh, relationships, stuff like that. Um, so, uh, we the beginning. I was born in lower Alabama as a small white child. No, um, <laughs> I, well, no, really, I'm, uh, now I'm born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina off Baseport Road. Anybody knows where that is? Uh, west side of Charlotte, west side, of shouts, uh, garden city. <laughs> All my friends on Roswell Um, but yeah uh right down the street from a y and um so um i i stayed on that side of town and, and until I was in uh middle school and then we moved to the north side of Charlotte. um i ended up going to uh j t williams um junior high and then to graduate from the west charlotte uh high school dub c or is um uh, it's one, uh, opponent when I was playing basketball called us West Chocolate. Um, they meant as an insult, but I, I actually thought it was pretty cool. I was like, damn, that's actually pretty hot. <laughs> West Chocolate hot. That's right, baby. Um, so, uh, I, um, I actually went to school up in uh, Concordia River Forest, um, which is a suburb outside Chicago. Uh, I'd give a shout out to Chicago, but. I'm afraid they might shoot back. No, seriously, shouts to Chicago. Um, River Forest, uh, was a good time. Um, uh, I was actually there, and a lot of people don't know this, so this is, uh, me sharing a lot. A lot of people don't know that I was actually in a pre-seminary program. Uh, Concordia is a, uh, is a, uh, Lutheran, uh, faith-based school system. It's not Catholic, it's Lutheran. And if you, you don't know what Lutherans are, if you know what Catholics are, Lutherans are like Catholic light uh, were Catholics, uh, will actually pay for penance and stuff. Lutherans like, nah, uh, Jesus got me. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, I was raised Lutheran and I was actually, um, when I went to school was going to be a Lutheran priest. Now I know for the people who listen to the podcast, like I say, most of you actually know who I am. So that may come as a little bit of, uh, a surprise to you to know that, uh, that was your boy's original, uh, purpose in life. Um, uh, but, you know, in a roundabout way, the, uh, the speaking portion of that actually kind of, you know, plays into this. Um, and if you want to know if I can hoop, I guess I can still hoop. Uh, cause if, if you need, what I'm telling you is you, if you need somebody, uh, look at your name and say, uh, the main event is going to set you free. Yeah, I can hoop and holler if I want to, but, um uh, but I, uh, obviously I didn't go that route and stuff. In fact, uh, uh, during that time period and stuff, I was really, really, I was a smart guy, but I was a bad, horrible college student. Horrible. Uh, like I didn't go to class horrible. And so that's the reason that that didn't happen out. And there was some other stuff going on with that. And, you know, uh, uh, my dad was sick and I was worried about that. I, I, I chose to go to Concordia up in Chicago because at the time, uh, Charlotte wasn't popping at all. There wasn't anything going on in Charlotte. And I, I really wanted to go to a real city. And Chicago was a real city, so I went up there and I became incredibly homesick and some other things going on. And so, like I said, I, uh, it affected my schoolwork and eventually, um, uh, I wasn't asked to leave. Um, I was just asked not to return. Um, so <laughs> is, that, is that a difference? They didn't, didn't tell me to leave. Um, you just can't come back here, boy, till you get your shit together. And, uh, so I came back home and in, uh, uh, 97. Uh, April 97, um, I made the decision that I wanted to, uh, go to the Air Force. Uh, cause I'd wasted, I graduated in 94 and I pretty much wasted the last almost three years, two, two and a half years since I got out of, um, high school. and I tried to go to school, that didn't work out. And, you know, so I mean, I hung in there for a little bit. and. I was sitting home and, you know, and I grew up in the era when parents were like, you know, you either go to school or you work and stuff. So I was home working. I was actually, uh, working for my brother. Uh, I had him on a couple episodes ago. And, uh, so he's been in the motel, hotel industry for a long time. And I actually worked for him when I was in Charlotte at the, uh, Fairfield Inn, uh, airport. Uh, it's actually not there anymore, but, uh, cause I'm old. Um, but yeah so i did that for a while and uh but that's like man I, I, I need to do something and uh i realized after working a, a regular job that maybe that i should have paid more attention and went to school and you know kind of fought through whatever i had to fight through to, to make that happen um so uh, the military offered away from me because you know like most people you know we don't have any money um uh growing up so uh not for school and stuff like that um uh, w- w- is for everything else, you know. My mom did an uh, excellent job. Mom and dad did an excellent job, uh, raising us and stuff. But, uh, hey, and, um, a little side note for that. Uh, hey, mama. Love you. Um, <laughs> I'm actually gonna, um, uh, the cool thing about having your own podcast and, and making guests and stuff. I'm actually gonna have my mom on, uh, for like a Mother's Day, uh, podcast. So, um, i'll record that here in the next couple uh weeks i got some other stuff coming on in the next couple weeks but by the time uh, they roll around well i have mom here and uh i think mom's hilarious i think you guys will think she's hilarious too so uh look out for that and uh some some other guests i'm I'm trying to get in and uh go back and check out some of the episodes where we did i did i've done three interviews so far something i said I, one of my goals for the beginning of the year i was going to do that and um yeah, man i Actually, uh, I wish I could have guests every week because, uh, those are some, actually, some real fires, some real gems, uh, in those, uh, in every, every one of them. Even though, you know, uh, um, maybe, uh, not what you would expect, um, in terms of what you think you might learn from people, but everybody has something to offer and stuff. And in fact, if there's somebody out there listening that's like, you know what, I'd like to be a guest on the podcast as it happens, just, just send me a message. It's easy. Uh, you can either, if you're in the Charlotte area, you can come to the house. We can do it. You can be in studio guests. We get you hooked up. You can see the uh, the, the main event uh, live, happen live, or we can call it in. You can Skype it in. Um, man, we got technology. But um, so back to my story, uh, uh, the man behind the mic. Uh, so yeah, I joined the Air Force in um, uh, in 90, April '97, uh, and I. Um, so my 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 funny story about the Air Force coming in is that. Um, when I went to my recruiter, I, uh, I, I wanted to be a fire, in my head, I wanted to be a firefighter. And the reason was because I thought to myself that I would go to the Air Force, I'd get experience and I'd come back and I could join the Charlotte Fire Department. That's not how that works. Um, I, obviously I did zero research into how that works, but in my mind, that's what was going on. And so, uh, the second week in April, I think it took me uh, – I was just talking to a friend of mine and she was like, she joined the Air Force in like a week. Like from the time she saw a recruiter to the time that she was, uh, no, that was, uh, Aliana. Yeah, that was Aliana. Uh, we talked about that. Uh, so she has the record. I thought mine was 17 days was like the record, but, uh, she's got the record I know of. But anyway, so I saw my recruiter. I did my ass physical stuff like that. Um, they will my ass and he said, man, you get it the time. They were doing guaranteed jobs. Like you just pick a job and, uh, that was your job. And, um, so, um, I wanted to be a firefighter and so what happened was is that um they had to there's they had to look out and you know you got to get their basic you got to do all sorts of stuff and so they kind of um look at when your tech school dates your training dates are going to be for your uh job and that'll determine your ship out date so i wasn't supposed to ship out for uh, a little while a couple of months because uh they didn't have any open school dates uh, for firefighter at the time that i went in there and so um that was cool. I was actually working for, um, Wells Fargo at the time. Um, I was an armored guard. Um, see, all these kind of things you didn't know about me. Yeah, I was going to be, <laughs> somehow I went from being, uh, I was going to be a Lutheran pastor, uh, to an guard, uh, to in the military. And then so it's just kind of funny how your life, uh, moves you around and stuff like that. But so, uh, uh, funny armored guard stories, uh, cause I love telling armored guard stories. Uh there was no way in the world they should have gave me a gun. Absolutely no. I pulled my gun out on so many people so many times. Um <laughs> Um Some of you and you can Google this because I can't remember but in ninety seven, uh just right after I left, uh Wells Fargo and Charlotte got robbed at the time. It was the largest bank robbery because uh um that's considered uh while we were the Army guard arm of it, uh delivery and stuff um still a bank robbery when you steal from them but the largest um bank robbery uh to date in the u.s. uh and uh the guy that actually stole the money was the guy that trained me (laughs) to to be a guard and stuff and um he was a good guy (laughs) he really was uh let me tell you uh Why he was, uh, why he was so, such a good guy. So, uh, and shout out, it was, uh, it was Loomis Fargo at the time. Um, so, (laughs) my, uh, my experience, uh, with in that, in that job, I had, you know, zero experience. I actually had a cousin that was working there and she's the one that got me the job there. So you start off as driver stuff. And so, Um, one of my first days there, I'm driving like one of the trucks and, uh, we go to an Applebee's, we go to this Applebee's and he says, Hey man, pull around the back. And, uh, his name was Dave Gant, uh, by the way. Um, and the robbery was, uh, 17.3 million in cash. Um, like I said, that was, uh, the largest, uh, bank robbery, uh, to date. Uh, I'm sorry, it was the second largest cash robbery on U.S. soil at the time. Uh, evidently, because I'm like reading now. Um, this other guy from Loomis that stole 18.8. So, yeah. Anyway, so uh Dave and I are driving around. I don't know this guy, um, but he's the guard. I'm the driver, and he tells me to go around the back of the Applebee's and stuff. And he's like, hey, man. Uh, we got to go around the back and hit the back door because Applebee's, like a lot of places, uh does not not like armored guards walking through with guns on their hips. Because a lot of people don't like guns. Obviously, in 97, that was true. In 2019, that's true, too. Uh, so we go around to the back. He knocks on the back door a couple times. Um and, you know, we're on schedule and stuff. He's like, hey, he hops back in the truck. He's like, man, just back this thing up and uh, we'll go around right to the front. I have to go to the front. Um uh, the important thing to note here is that um I never and this may sound silly, I never backed up a car using my side mirrors before. I've always had the rear view. You know what I mean? I always looked at the rear view to back up a car and stuff. Um uh, so but with the Armored Car, there was no rear view mirror. So I had to use my side mirrors and so I'm backing this car up, bang, beep, 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 beep boom. I ran into fucking Applebee's. Now, I, at this point in my life, I never had any kind of accident, speed ticket, nothing like that. And so the first thing in my life that I ever hit was an Applebee's. Dude, when I tell you I pulled the truck forward, he's like, pull forward, pull forward, pull forward and stuff. And I look in the side view mirror and I can see the storm drains on the side because they going down. It is like flat. <laughs> I smashed it flat. This dude hops out, looks around, gets back in the truck, he's like, man, I don't see shit, let's go. I was like, this motherfucker is cool with me. Dave, you still cool with me? Um, shout out to Dave again. Um <laughs> But he was a really good dude. He really was and he was a smart dude. And in fact when I went off to basic training, um my mama, uh you know, you get your phone calls home, I was talking to my mom and she's like, Hey the FBI was looking for you. I was like, For what? <laughs> What'd you tell him? Oh, I told him that you wouldn't, I told you you wouldn't hear no more. I was like, oh, mom, please tell me, either, you know, cause your, your moms will set you up for some shit. And I was like, I'm thinking to myself, please tell him that you told him more than that. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I told everybody, uh, I didn't think he would be caught because he was a real smart guy. And if he decided to rob the place, um, that he probably had a good plan. Uh, I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong. Uh, they did catch him. Um, he served. Um golly, how much time did he serve? Man, I wanna say he's out now. Um he's he's uh he's out now. But uh I'm trying to think. They actually made a uh actually made a, uh, a spoof movie based on that. It was called Mastermind Um it had Owen Wilson in it and um uh, uh Jared Hess, Kristen Wigg, he you know, all these people in and stuff. Um, but so what happened, the re, the reason they actually, uh, called him was, is cause like any good thing, you, you gotta do it by yourself. Um, he and his ex-girlfriend, uh, so he was married. And I, <laughs> I remember at the time, uh, he was, he was we were driving around, I think we were like Gaston or some shit, but, uh, Concorde, but, uh, we were riding around and Dave's like, Hey man, you, you married? I'm like, man, I'm like 20 years old. Nah, man, I'm not married. Nah, don't get married. Yeah, he, was, he you know, that was his only thing. He's complaining about his wife and stuff like that. So evidently he had like a little girlfriend on the side and shit. And the girlfriend's family is the one that convinced him that he needed to rob the bank. And so with the help of the family and stuff, he robs the bank. So their whole plan is, is that he robs it. Uh, obviously they're going to know him. And so he opts on the plane in Mexico. And the deal is, is that the family is supposed to, uh, send him his cut in because, you know, he can't take all the cash with him to the airport. He takes enough, uh, to go get him started and stuff. And they're supposed to lay low and, you know, let the heat drop down and blah, blah, blah. And they'll send him his cash. Uh, these fools are in Kings Mountain, which is a very rural part of North Carolina. And, uh, they're out there buying, literally buying velvet Elvis paintings. Uh, they are, bought, they are buying big houses. They are balling out. The bank has just been robbed and look, and, you know, just up the road there's some people. <laughs> I started laughing because it's just ridiculous. They just robbed the bank and they could not wait to spend the money. And, they, and that's what they did. They spent the money. I think they said they recovered like 88% of the money um, that they spent. But, uh yeah, they were just balling out of control. So, the, actually the reason that uh the FBI called David was because um, – The family decided it was too expensive to keep sending him money and stuff, and he was a liability. He was a liability. Now, he's hanging He's hanging down in Mexico. The problem is he's calling him because they're not sending him his money, and, like, he's struggling down there and stuff. He's like, hey, where's my money? Where's my money? So they decided to send him, instead of sending the money, they decided to send a hitman down there to kill him. The FBI trails the hitman down there, and that's how they found Dave. Um... And so, in essence, the, the FBI actually saved his life by following the hitman down there before he killed Dave and stuff, but he, they they, uh, they followed him to Dave uh, through the hitman. And, of course, they arrested the family and stuff like that. And if you ever watched the movies, Masterminds, I like to think I was in there, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> I only knew him for a little bit. Uh, I didn't have a job long, maybe like two or three months. And uh, so what happened was is that when uh, uh, I went to go see the air, you know, I was going to go to the Air Force. And, um, um, part of the reason that they got robbed was at the time that they were letting, uh, drivers or guards go out as their own drivers. You're supposed to have two. You're supposed to have a driving guard at least. Uh, big trucks have three or four guys on them. Um, and I'm not going to spill all the, uh, the beans on their security stuff, but, um, but it's a, it's a protection that you, you have two people there. Um, that way there's more, you know, you, you can't just shoot one person and go, ta da, I got the money. Um, but, uh, they were doing the same thing, uh, for me, where I was, I was, uh, they upgraded me to, from a driver to a guard, which you were supposed to be there like 90 days or something like that before you did that, but they were shorthanded. They're like, hey, you're good. You want to be a uh, guard? I'm like, yeah, because it was more pay. And, um, so I did that, but there were days I would come in, I'd be like, "Yeah, where's my driver at? Like, well, we don't have a driver, so you gotta drive yourself. And I was driving unmarked vans by myself and stuff. And so that, that's part of the reason why I pull my gun out a lot. Um, I did, you know, so, uh, for armored, uh, cars, you always see them park as close as they can to the doors to, uh, lessen the amount of time that they have the danger zone, you know, from, um, uh, from where they're leaving their protection, of their armed vehicle, uh, to the quote unquote protection of the, uh, the place of business that they're entering and stuff, that open area. And so like one time up in, uh, Shelby, North Carolina, uh, at this first union, uh, people still remember first Union so I'm at first union bank and I'm, uh, sitting in the handicap spot because it was the closest spot to the door. So I'm sitting there and I just went to the bank. I came back out. I'm sitting in my unmarked van and I'm doing my paperwork. Uh, you know, kind of, you know, I got two bundles, whatever, doing my paperwork and stuff. I'm sitting in the van and stuff and this very irate, liberal, uh, white woman comes and and I'm just assuming that she was liberal. Um, cause who else would knock on a van? And she's like, boom, 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 boom. She's knocking on my window. I'm sitting there. I like kind of turned my head and she's like, what gives you the right to be in this spot? So I put my gun out and I tapped it on the glass. I tap, tap, tap. And she's like, ah, and she ran away. So I was like, I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, (laughs) I constantly thought that cause I really pulled my gun out a lot. I constantly thought that, um, and When I come back home, uh, the, the, you know, at the end of the day, and stuff they're like, hey, Parker, come here. Uh, <laughs> we can talk to you. But no one ever said anything, so, um uh, sorry. Sorry I scared you. Not really, but it's, it's still cool. Uh, I was down in the, uh, Outlet Mall, and, um uh, the, uh, so, I'm just no, honestly, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the South, and, uh, there's some, uh, some people with some antiquated ideas about, um, what black and brown people can do and where they should be in spaces, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I'm down in South Carolina, I'm down in Gaffney, South Carolina, and there's some outlet malls down there. And, uh, I'm not going to name the name of the place, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I can't remember, uh, but, <laughs> uh, it was a store where, like, older people would shop at and stuff. And, um uh, when I got that, it was a new route for me. And when I got that route, the, uh, young lady who showed me the route was, uh, she said, Hey, um, Again, you know, we like to park as close as we can, but they want us to park around the corner because as close as we can puts the van in the crosswalk and they don't like the the older uh, patrons to have to walk around the van and stuff. I was like, okay, uh, well, I'm going to do what I want because, um, you know, I am. And so um, I got the route and I was doing it by myself. And... Um, I, I wasn't in a particularly good mood. Part of that was because I think at this point I realized, I realized, so I got my first paycheck after I got to be a guard and it looked the same as my driver paycheck. So I'm like, eh, just ain't caught up yet. So the second time I got paid, um, I went to him and I was like, Hey, I'm not getting my driver's pay. And they were like, well, you hadn't been here long enough to be a, uh, I mean, um, I'm not getting my guard pay. I'm getting driver's pay. And they're like, well, you have not been here long enough. I said, like, but I'm doing a job. Yeah, but we, we, we can't like override the system. I said, but you were letting me do the job, but you're not going to pay me for it. So, um, I was kind of in the, you know, what, what do I do? Cause, uh, these guys are evidently trying to get over on me, obviously getting over on me and stuff. So, um, I'm down there one day and if anybody's old enough to remember, like my stores had like the raised platform at the, uh, front of the store, um, where all the cashiers and stuff, like not, not the, uh, the cashier cashiers to check you out, but like, um, all the people that did payroll and stuff, they were up front. Uh, they didn't have back rooms and stuff, they were just up front. So I went up front to go, um to get my, uh, get my drop from these, uh, nice, nice women. Everybody was always nice to me around, mostly. And so, uh, I'm sitting there, and this guy comes up, and they have their own security, their own store security. I swear to you, this motherfucker had like a fucking 10 gallon hat on, uh, a fucking mustache, and he had a, fu- a damn 10 badge. Um he's store security, but he's the head of security and stuff and he walks up on me and he's like I thought I told you people not to park out there and from there it was like why 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 because like I said I'm already in a bad mood in this motherfucker talking about you people and uh anybody remember Ross Perot shout out to Ross Perot um for corning that phrase and, and making it mean some fucked up shit um but um so I'm sitting there and like I can't even hear this dude talking to me and I just turned to look at him I said I'm gonna shoot you and he stopped. He's like, he looks at me. He's like, what? I said, I'm going to shoot you. And so I pulled my gun out and hold my gun. I laid it on my, on my, put it on my hip and I said, you're being very aggressive towards me. I don't like your tone of voice and therefore i, I view you as a threat. So you've got five seconds before I fucking shoot you. And he's like, what? Are you serious? I said, one and so he turns around and I raise my gun up. I think I made him cock the motherfucker back. Um and so he likes skedaddles. The women on on the diocese, they are fucking they are they're, they're cracking up. He's an asshole, obviously. Um and they're but they're, they they love this. They love this. It is awesome to them. Um and it actually kinda of put a little smile on my face. So there you go. Moral story is if I, as long as I'm happy and I'm smiling, the joke's good. Uh, so he left me alone. And he, he ran, literally ran away. I put my gun back and stuff. I got my money and I left. Um, the next day, um, cause it was like in the afternoon, part of my afternoon route and stuff. I actually forgot about it. L- literally, I pulled my gun out that much that I forgot about it. Um, cause like people would ask you stupid shit like, is that the a vest bulletproof? And I pull my gun out. I was like, you want to put it on? <laughs> like, the fuck? Um, Uh, don't let 21 year olds run around with guns. Anyway, so I'm sitting there and I come back to the store the next day. And as I walk in, as I'm walking to the store, I see him walking down the aisle towards me. Um, and he sees me and he kind of pauses for a second and I kind of lean into a little bit. He turns and he runs away and I'm chuckling to myself. Now, now this is funny. I remember now. This is funny to me now. And I'm having a good time. This is really brightening up my day. So I'm sitting up there and I'm getting my money from the from the ladies and stuff. And they're still chuckling about yesterday. Uh, da, 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 da. And this uh other young man walks up to me. Uh he's got one of the shoestring uh neckties on and he's got his hat on. I'm just like I shot the sheriff, but I did not shoot the deputy. So this dude rolls up on me, he's like, Hey, uh, you were told not to park. I said, Hey man, did your boss tell you what I told you yesterday? He gives me this look like he don't know what the fuck I'm talking about He know what the fuck I'm talking about I said hey man I told him I was going to shoot him yesterday Because I didn't like the way he walked up on me And I kind of thought it was a threat I said that goes for all you motherfuckers Like not one of you used to talk to me no more Or I'm going to fucking shoot you Because I don't trust none of you And he looked at me and I grabbed my gun again and that motherfucker went off All oh, the women are falling out the goddamn chairs um, uh, so yeah, so uh my life as an Armored Guard and I got more. Uh, if you want more armed Guard stories, uh literally for three months, uh I should not have as many stories as I do to pulling my fucking handgun out on people. Um but so uh I, I did I did have fun doing a job. Uh I met some really cool people, I met some fucked up people. Um but and uh um but with uh me going to see my recruiter and stuff and uh want to be a firefighter and stuff, I was like I knew this was you know Was gonna be long term. I just kinda need to get through it and stuff. Well, my recruiter calls me up and he's like, hey man, I got a guy supposed to be going at the end of the month. Uh, he's got some personal stuff going on. He can't go. Uh, which, which now I know is code for, uh, he, he, uh, he didn't want to go and so I need to fill the slot. So, uh, Texar to Hooper, uh, which is a whole nother story. Uh, (laughs) sits there and he, uh, he convinces me that, uh, I can go take this guy's place and But don't worry He doesn't have your guaranteed job But uh, you just go down there And you tell him what happened I'm sure they'll give you a job back Uh Anybody that's been in the military Knows that as a recruiter Bullshit is lie uh, Ever told And I didn't realize that So I left um, What open general in the, uh, military means Is that I am open to anything Basically whatever the Air Force needs are At the time I'll do whatever job it is I just want to be in the military and usually and uh if you were open journal stuff, I'm sorry. Uh if you didn't get conned into it, but at the time back then, like I said, you got guaranteed jobs, you did well in your ASVAP and I did well. Uh so I just assumed that the open journals were stupid people. I'm just gonna just put that out there. We'll put that out there. You know, I'll be a cook, cop, whatever. Uh I just want a uniform. So I get down to basic training and it only takes me a couple weeks to figure out that I've been fucked. Um, and so <laughs> So I'm down there and i uh we we at the time you had to go do like an, uh, an interview uh it was job placement you know what I mean so they were just you know all open young kids sitting in a room uh yes, you actually got a catalog of all the jobs that were open there were like 400 plus cop jobs there were only uh 12 firefighter jobs. So I'm like, I am probably like, you know, I need to get in here first, but you, I mean, you don't have any say in that kind of thing when you, um, how, how it's going to go down and stuff. So I waited my turn. I finally get called back. I walk in. There's this, uh, old blue hair, uh, lady, I mean, really with the, the glasses with the pearl, uh, 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 net keeper or whatever you call it. And, um she's sitting there just typing like, and so, you know, I come in, uh, and I sit down and, uh, so I just start talking start talking to her and I'm telling her my story. Uh, not as long as this story has been, but my story of the Air Force and how I got here and how I was such a brave young man because I gave my guaranteed job to come here, open general, because there was a need and I feel the need and patriotic and there's an eagle flying and stuff, you know, whatever. Um, and. <laughs> And so I'm just like, you know, I'm like, ended up like, you know, so what I'm trying to say is that I had this guaranteed firefighter job. I see you got some firefighter jobs. Um, I was just wondering if I can have my job back. And so she looks at me. She, she stops typing. She turns her head, looks over her glasses and it's like, honey, all those jobs are gone. And like my heart fucking sinks really because I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to be a cop. Not only am I going to be a cop, I'm going to be a dog. Not only am going to be a cop with a dog, I'm going to be a cop with a dog at Minot, North Dakota. I'm going to be in the fucking cold. They're going to come get the dog when it's freezing and leave me out there. Um, and so I'm like, I mean, I don't, I'm just, she like took all the wind out of me and she looks at me and said, well, you do have some good, uh, ASVAP scores. Have you ever thought about being a load master?" And I thought to myself, no, I have not because I have no idea what that is. And I'm like, ma'am, no, I, I don't even know what that is. And she proceeded to give me the worst description of what a cargo loadmaster was. The worst. And I immediately did not want to do it. It sounded like some bullshit. Um, <laughs> it's like, uh, nah, I don't want to do that bullshit. And so she, uh, she's sitting there talking. I'm like, well, ma'am, I don't understand because I'm, I'm going through the list that they got there. There's six positions for load master Six. I'm like, well, there's six positions for loadmaster and there's 12 positions for firefighters. How can you get me into loadmaster and can't get me into the firefighter? Like, can't you switch somebody else around from firefighter to make them a loadmaster? And, uh, so she sits there and she looks at me and she takes her glasses off. She looks at me and says, honey, you can either be a loadmaster or you can be a cop. <laughs> and I got plugged out by like 70 year old white woman. And, uh, I was like, well, guess I'm gonna be a loadmaster. I ain't gonna be the fuck cop. So, uh, so anybody wonder how I ever got to be a, uh, cargo loadmaster in the United States Air Force is because of the old blue-haired woman who I've been kissing the mouth today, uh, because it has been literally, uh, the best time ever, uh, for the last almost 20, almost April, almost 22 years, uh, coming up here. So that's what I did. Um, I did all my training and stuff. I went to, um, uh, my first duty station was, uh, Dover, Delaware uh flying on C five galaxy. Uh made a lot of lifelong friends there and stuff. Uh, I eventually got off active duty because uh quite honestly uh I worked for my direct supervisor was an asshole and um and 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 nobody really wanted to help me out with that. You know, like I went to my my other supervisors like, yo, can you give me somebody else? And like, no, well <laughs> was like you know what? Um my enlistment's coming up. So I actually came down to North Carolina. And, uh, I talked to the Air National Guard down here. Uh, they happened to be in Charlotte, they happened to have cargo planes, C-130s, uh, Hercules. And, um, so, uh, a year before I got out, I came down here and I talked to Chief Loadmaster Mike Annis. Mike, uh, uh, was a great guy. I saw something in me, uh, cause, uh, I showed, I showed up. I was on leave. And, uh, so I was trying to be a as, uh, smart ass. I went and saw the, re- the recruiter the uh, Air National Guard recruiter. I'm like, I'm in the military. Like, you can't, I've been lied to before. Like, <laughs> you're not going to get me with the old banana tailpipe twice. Um, and so, <laughs> so and I was like, yo, so, you know, tell me the deal. And I said, well, you know, you're a low master. There's a low master up the hill. You know, I'll take you up there. And so, um when I met uh, Chief Annis, um, I wasn't expecting to meet a chief. I was expecting to meet uh, some lower ranking guys. and talk to them. Um, because in active duty, you don't get to talk to Chiefs. You talk to Chiefs when you really fuck something up. Um, so, I was, you know, I, and I came there, dude, I was just, you know, it's 2000. Yeah. Circa 2000. And, um, I mean, I had an earring in. uh <laughs> pants a little saggy. You know, back, you know, whatever style was back then, I was trying to rock it. You know, foo forever, I don't know. Um, but, uh... And so I was not dressed for like a job interview and that's exactly what it turned into. And, uh, so it, even to this day, I, uh, when I get to talk to Mike and stuff, I said, man, I had no idea what you saw with me because I was not dressed apart and uh, I, I wouldn't give me a job, but he told me right there. Then he's like, Hey, when you get off and, and you get out in a year, um, just come down here. I'll have a job for you. And so, uh, uh, I credited him obviously, uh, with getting me into the guard and accepting me. And, uh, and then when I got here, taking care of me too. And so uh yeah, so that's how I got to uh being in the North Carolina Guard. I did that for uh several years as a uh part time traditional guardsman and stuff, and then uh I got hired on full time, uh I think two thousand and seven, two thousand and seven, somewhere around there, six, seven, something like that. And um uh, everything was great. Everything was great. Um I got uh my, my oldest daughter was born, uh, June of 2009 and, uh, I, I got married, I had a daughter, um, in fact, um, uh, everything's going good, I, uh, I, we were actually going to get, uh, so I had a picture in my house, we were actually doing our first pictures with our, our, our young daughter, uh, my ex and I, and, uh on the way to get the pictures stuff. my primary care doctor called me so let me back up for a second so um i was out um uh, doing some yard work cutting limbs and doing stuff and i hurt my back and so i'm walking around the house uh kind of bent over because my back hurts and uh, i did that for a couple of days and my ex was like why are you walking around like that like you're an old man you need to go to the doctor i'm like ah, i hurt my back and i know why i hurt my back and i just need to rest which I'm not really getting a lot of, you know, just like laying down, like not moving rest kind of stuff. So that's why my back's not getting better. Um, but it is, um, the, it's proved that we that we were meant to be exes. We argued about it. Um, and, <laughs> and it, in my mind, you know, at, it point, it was like worth $25 just to shut her up. So I said, we'll go pay my copay, see my doctor and stuff. And, um, really great relationship with my doctor and stuff. Uh, uh, her, her husband actually, uh, was a reservist down in Charleston and, uh, security forces, I believe. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, so I'm, w- I'm the reason I'm one of the people like when you go to a doctor's appointment, you're like, you're waiting around for like 20 minutes, like, what, we, what am I waiting for? Cause the doctor's in the back talking to me and I'm telling her jokes. Um, so I'm back there, um, telling her jokes and hey, this is what happened stuff. And we're talking about family and babies and stuff like that. I be, oh, it's just cute. And so, um, she's like, well, let me go ahead and look at your back. So she looks back. Yeah, I don't see anything. No major damage. Blah, blah, blah. You know what? You came all this way. Let me see you for x-rays. So we did x-rays. She came back. She got looked look at the x-rays. like, yep, there's no damn damage to your back. You know, you're good. So, uh, the next day is when we're going to get the pictures and she calls me. And so the, the thing for that is, and I think most grown people will, will agree with this, is that when you get a call from your doctor's office, you get it from the office. Uh, you might get the nurse, the receptionist, whoever and stuff. But the doctor themselves rarely actually call you and talk to you on the phone. This is the first time I've ever talked to her on the phone. So I'm immediately like, yo, what's up? <laughs> She's like, hey, I need you to do me a favor. Okay, that's odd, but sure, I'm in the favors. I need you to go get a CT scan. <laughs> like, uh, you going to tell me why I need to go CT, get a CT scan? She's like afterwards. I need you to go do it first, and then we'll talk about it. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, when are you tomorrow? I've already got it set up. <laughs> wow, okay. So, I remember getting off the phone talking to my ex and stuff. She's like, yeah, what was that about? I'm like, I don't know. She wouldn't tell me. Well, it can't be good. I'm like, well, geez, thanks. That's what I wanted to hear. It wasn't good. Um, so, she's sitting there, and uh, we go take our uh, pictures with, um, with a guy. And uh, so next day I go to the CT scan. Um, get done with that. About an hour later, she calls me again. She says, hey, I need you to go get an MRI. <laughs> okay. Um, again, are you going to tell me why we're going to keep playing these games? Just go get the MRI. When you get the MRI, we'll come back. We'll talk about it. So I went and got the MRI. And, um, which, you know, I, I didn't really realize that you could have... Those kind of procedures, like instantaneous, like get you in type stuff. Um, but <laughs> there's something fucked up with you, that's, there, there's your first hint. There might be something fucked up with you. If they're willing to bend over and get you right into appointments and stuff. Um, but, uh, so what happened was, is that they, uh, they found, uh, when I had the x-ray, the back x-ray, um, she didn't see anything wrong. That's fine. Well, they sent it to the radiologist and the radiologist knows that there was a, a mass behind my ribs. They could see something. And so with CT scan and MRI confirmed that I had a mask run out of my left kidney and uh, it had calcified and that's why it showed up on the x-ray as faint as it was. So, um, it was an incidental fine. You know, obviously there was, um, I, I didn't have any uh, symptoms or anything like that. Um, uh the short of it is is that I end up having uh stage two uh carcinoma, uh kidney cancer. And um, so um yeah, I know. This damn story took a turn, didn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh so after uh, uh consulting uh, a couple of doctors and stuff, uh because I was the I was the breadwinner in my house, you know, my ex didn't work. And, uh, so my main concern was that, uh, I couldn't fly and maybe I was never going to fly again. And I know, um, for a lot of people, that's probably not the first thing that would have, uh, come to their mind is that, you I'll never fly again. But if, if you are responsible for your wife and your child, uh, and you're a breadwinner and stuff, then that, that probably should be one of the things to going to, at least for me, it was, um, the the short of it was is in November of, uh, oh nine. I had my, I had a radical, radical nephrectomy in my left kidney and it took my whole kidney. Um, and, uh, they, they got it all. Everything was, uh, contained in, um, a doctor, uh, uh, who I love. Uh, he's a great guy. <laughs> not, not because he, uh, he took my cancer away. Um, and, uh, in the, uh, uh, Dr. Manish Damani, uh, if you're ever looking for a urologist in, uh, in Charlotte, uh, I highly recommend the dude. Uh, he might be a little hard to get into because he's very popular, but he's popular because he's good. And for whatever reason, uh, the nurses and stuff think he's very hot. I mean, you know I mean, that's, I can't see it because I'm not gay. Uh, I acknowledge that he's tall like I am, so I can see where women would like that. Um but. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, after the surgery stuff, I remember, uh, cause we had this whole debate about whether it was cancerous and, uh, biopsy and stuff and, uh, this whole thing. And he told me, he said, well, I'm not going to biopsy it because if it is cancerous, then I'll seed your body, blah, 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 this, and this and this and this and this and this. And, um, so I'm sitting in the hospital, I'm sitting in CMC Maine, um, and he comes in with the results and he's telling me, you know, it's, you know type two carcinoma, blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. uh. I've never seen anybody gloat, but he gloated. He was gloating, uh, because he was right and he told me so, um, that I had cancer. He told me, he said, I think it's cancer. I'm going to take it out blah, 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 and do all this other stuff. And, uh, we're going to light you up and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, the body was an asshole to me while I was, uh, laid down. I couldn't do that to him. Uh, but no, he, <laughs> it was, it was funny. It was actually part of the reason I chose him as a doctor because, um, being a military dude He talked to me in a way that I understood Like he didn't like He, he wasn't like you know well maybe we'll see stuff He was like very very confident stuff about what he was going to do And why he was doing it and this and that And so uh, that's why I chose him uh, To go ahead and handle everything for me And he did a great job I mean I'm still here Uh So uh, I actually uh I went uh Dude's not to include flying to NIF is what they call in the Air Force I didn't fly for like two years Um and, uh, it was very hard on me, uh, because I love flying. Um, and so, uh, that was kind of a, it, it helped me out a lot, uh, because all I had been to that point was a flyer. Um, I really, all my administrative, uh, <laughs> leadership stuff, I kind of learned those two years because I, I, I wanted to be able to offer something back and I wanted to have some value and I just didn't see, I didn't have a sense of value myself at that time and like, then when I tell people mental health is important because I had a lot of shit going on during that time, you know, mentally, my, my family and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, but saving grace, uh, I finally got a, a waiver and approved to fly again. So I started flying, Um and around, uh, 2011, just enough time to, uh, hit a 2012 deployment, 11-12 deployment. Um, but, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how I, I, uh, I got to, um, the air guard, my, my full time and stuff like that. I eventually, um, left, uh, full time with the air guard to go work for, uh, CAS professional services, um, uh, flying, um, a firefight mission on C 130s, uh, with Forest Service. And then, uh, eventually they lost the contract and I worked for Cherokee, uh, Holdings doing the same thing. And, um, uh, and, and more, more recently, um, the Forest Service canceled that contract altogether and I'm back to North Carolina National Guard flying C-17s and just got back from Germany last week on my first overseas uh, mission on 17. So, I mean that's really the short of it um, of uh, my my career how we got here. Uh, the podcast hour uh, goes back um, to um, when I uh, left um, the garden stuff. Um, I was, uh, I remember having a conversation with a young lady and we we were, I was talking about, um, wanting to to do something, wanting to, uh, explore, explore my options and, and do some other things. And one of the things, um, you know, and so I got to get the gab, you know, obviously, at this point, as I check the clock, we're, uh, almost 50 minutes in, <laughs> into this, and I thought this would be a 35 minute podcast. Uh, but, uh, so no, I got to get the game. I keep talking, 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 and you'll see, oh, wait, do you see my mom. That might be like a two hour special. We might have to do a part one, part two. It's, it, yeah. I get it from somewhere. I'm just saying. Preview. Um, so anyway, um, um she mentioned to me about podcasts, and I had heard about podcasts. And I didn't really know and stuff like that. So, um, but uh the opportunity to uh it, it seemed a good fit for me, you know. Uh, somebody who liked to talk, um, who thought they had something worth talking about, some content that people would enjoy. Um, so yeah, I thought it was good. So I I um I went through the process of uh trying to learn how to put a podcast together and uh I'm I'm currently uh, working on uh, putting some stuff together so I can uh, teach other people how to podcast. Um, and, and, like some basic, not just, uh, the way I do it, but, um, maybe some simpler ways to get into it. That's a little bit easier. You know, I'm, uh, I mean, honestly, I think I'm like two years in for my, what my website and stuff, uh, for my podcast, you know, getting the website, uh, uh, buying equipment, uh, learning how to run equipment, trying to learn how to edit. Uh, still, you know, still working on all this other sort of stuff. You know, if, if I sound any better today, shout out to Pat Cannon because, uh, Pat gave me some foam, uh, to put in front of my window. <laughs> so you, you know, how to hear your cars and birds chirping and stuff. And, uh, kinda of set up a little, uh, little reflective booth stuff to keep the audio. I, I got a better, you know, I, I, upgraded and got a better mic, but it, it, it uh, it picks up more noise. And so now I've got other considerations, but just trying to – the whole process of just trying to learn, watching YouTube and stuff, trying to learn how to do this and what's the best way to put a podcast out and stuff, you know. Uh, yeah, did all that. So – um but the, the idea when I started was is that um I had years of experience in the military and years in a leadership position. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to bring my experience and the conversations that I had with people – um and put those I uh, record them and put them out there because they were useful to individuals and I thought maybe they, if they were if they helped uh some people then that was a good thing and so I mean that's still the kind of the mission of the podcast is that my experience whether it be in leadership or real estate and now with the real estate thing you know showing showing you my journey from um not being into it to getting into it to uh buying properties and, helping others, uh, buying properties and investments and, uh, starting a, a, um, property management LLC and, um, the transparency there. So, um, maybe some guys can be, again, just help somebody, uh, to think that maybe they can do some other stuff. Um, uh, young lady, uh, down in, uh, South Carolina, you know, I was talking about vending machines and so she's, she's looked into his passive income stuff. She's looked into that and she's, um, you know i' i'm I'm happy if anything I got to say helps anybody I really am and so um when I talk about uh the podcast now and where we're going in the future and stuff it's really up to you guys i've I've kind of given you a little bit of everything that I got in terms of the podcast if you want more interviews uh, I'm here for more interviews if you want more stories man uh, I got two more uh, armor guard stories uh again Ton more uh relationship stuff. Uh, I I do that too. Um but it's it's really what the audience wants, it's really what you the listener wants. And so, you know, let me know. Really it does it means a lot uh when you guys comment. Uh um the likes and downloads are awesome. Uh the the feedback is what what I really live for because that's how I get better. Um that's how I make sure that you guys stay tuned in and you stay entertained and stuff. Um Like I say, this week wasn't so much about, uh, uh, content, it's context, uh, to let you know who it is behind the mic, how I got here, what my experiences are, um, you know, and that's kind of what, you know, kind of shapes me, uh, and what we talk about on the podcast. Um, like I say, man, I've been in a really good mood, um, past couple, um, I've been, I've been, I've been trying to take care of myself. That was, uh, that was some advice I got from a a really nice person who, uh, cared a lot about me and said, Hey, uh, you need to take some time out to do you and uh, get yourself together. So I've been doing that. And so, and I'm, and I'm better for it. Um, and so I would say the same thing to everybody out there just listening to that. If you, if you didn't like any jokes, (laughs) um, if you didn't like any of that stuff today, but, uh, if you, if you don't listen to anything else, listen to that is that, uh, uh, you and your mental health uh, are very important and you need to take care of that. Um, man, it's Sunday. Uh, the birds are chirping. Uh, I got some yard work to do. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I do. I, uh, uh, like I said, I just got back from uh, from Germany uh, my first overseas trip. It was awesome. Had a great crew. Ten of us went. And, uh, we had a good time. I'm actually, um, I'll be leaving out next Monday, uh, going down to, uh, Charleston to fly out with some reservists out of there on, on a mission going to Spain and stuff. Uh, so, uh, check out the Instagram and the Facebook and stuff. We're, uh, I'm gonna have pictures posted. I got some pictures from my last trip up there and stuff. Um, if you got questions, uh, if there's somebody out there, that, you know, wants to be a cargo loadmaster, uh, I get those questions too. Um, but if it's, if it's real estate, if it's military, um, it's uh anything hey, um, you know one thing uh b- before I sign off uh so I was telling the 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 cancer story and, and for a couple of different reasons um um <laughs> I'm wrapping up way too early um part of the reason that I told the story was because it's part of my story. Uh, the second reason I want to tell a story is that when I say that I'm, a, uh, I'm in a good place and I'm happy and I got a lot of things to be thankful for, that's one of the things I just really have to be thankful for. I'm still alive. Um, this year will mark in November 10 years, uh, being cancer free. And so, um, I was thinking about doing something, but I'm not really sure what to do. So any suggestions? Um, you know, I, I think it, I, for me, it's, uh, I don't really do a lot of celebrating, uh, for myself. Um but, um, I do recognize, uh, the milestone that it is and the opportunity that's given me since then, uh, to come to you to bring the main event to life, uh, to start doing a lot of things, you know, be an entrepreneur, start doing a lot of things that, um, I probably wouldn't have done or I hadn't thought possible before. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, if you got any ideas of what I could do for a 10 year cancer free anniversary, you know, hit me up. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I'd just like to know. I don't have anything uh, off the top of my head. I'll work on it as we get closer. Like I said, that's in November. Um uh, but the other, the other, the, the last and most important part, like I say, is my big why of, of why I'm doing all this and the pushing. so who's the guy and why do you do all this? Why is the it's a podcast is because, um I've been granted an opportunity and if I can help people, uh, just one person, I really don't, I mean, it's good. I wish I could help millions. Um, but if I if I can just really help one person out by anything I say, if it's really you know um, been a, something positive and stuff uh, for you, then uh, let me know. I mean, I, I kind of like say I like the feedback. Um, it lets me know that I'm in the right direction, I'm doing the right things. Uh, but at least I'm doing I'm doing them for the right reasons. That's why I say you know I clap for myself kind of thing. And uh, I don't care who's listening because you know it's I I, I need you guys to understand where I'm coming from. And, uh, what's going on? Uh, again, uh, we'll have another episode next week. Um, I'm doing some flying this week, uh, locally here in Charlotte. So I'm in mean, Charlotte. Hit me up. Um, if you want to hang out. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of odd. It's like I told you where I was. Like I automatically like, well, I guess if you want to hang out, you can hit me up. I don't know. What else would you hit me up? Uh, if you want, yeah, uh, if you're interested in buying home, I'm going to have, my, I'm I'm working on getting me a business phone, uh, probably this week. Uh, so I have a business phone number and stuff and uh get that popping and stuff. Um I've actually been waiting on getting a business phone uh before I get some new uh uh cards and stuff, so I'll have uh new uh uh, uh business cards for my for my real estate stuff coming out as soon as I get my phone number. I can throw it out on there. Um link you guys to the website and stuff. Man, anything that you need, man. I'll be boy. I'm here for you. Even if you just need a hug. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you listening to my story. I really do. Um, You know, usually what I do is I try to intermix uh, these stories within the uh, context of a podcast. But this week I just kind of felt like, you know, Hey man, maybe they want to know who it is they listening to if they don't already know. And if you did know me, maybe you know some things about me that you, uh, uh, now that you didn't know before. Either way, man, I hope you guys have a, uh a blessed Sunday, uh blessed weekend. I hope that, uh, The podcast finds you doing good. Hey, www.TheMainEventPodcast.com. You can check me out on Instagram, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your, you know you can get it there I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go.